read tonight from the book of Isaiah, ninth chapter. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Part of verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and his name shall be called the Prince of Peace. A lot of wonderful names are given here. A lot of wonderful promises in verses 6 and 7. And these are all things that Jesus came down to be. He didn't just come down to teach or declare or proclaim, although He did that. He came down to be. He was the Word made flesh. Every promise of God, every intent of God, the nature of God was wrapped up in Jesus Christ the person. That's what He came. He came to be the manifestation of God's love to us. Not just to teach it, not just to say it, but to be that. And then to manifest that to us, that truth, and give us Himself within our own lives. And it is no, it is not insignificant. It's not something just to pass over that He is called the Prince of Peace. That's significant. And that's worth considering. I don't know if you've considered that very much or if you've ever really considered that. It kind of rolls off the tongue. Peace is something that's lacking in this world today and there's a lot of stress. Life has a lot of stress in it. It's just the way life is. And sometimes there are things that happen often that uh, we don't see, we don't expect, we don't plan for, and yet they happen. Um, It's critical that somehow we find a way to manage the stress, isn't it? I mean, that's, that's, that's normal. That's natural to find a way to uh, decompress. That's the word I tell my wife. When I go hunting, I'm decompressing. And fishing, I'm decompressing. Actually, it's true. I love to get out in God's great outdoors, and it helps me clear my mind. It's, it's good for us to, to take time to stop and to settle our, ourselves because we can get worked up, can't we? In our own spirit and our mind and our heart, we can get so worked up and so distracted that we don't realize that we have abandoned the things that are most important to us. And over time, over time it has an effect, doesn't it? Loss of sleep. It can affect our health. It can affect our relationships. It can affect job performance. It can affect uh, our focus. It can affect our rational thinking. Prolonged stress can do all of these things to us. So, so then naturally, we'll want to do something to offset that. And it's important to do that. It's good for us to do that. But that's not what we're talking about. As important as that is in life, this is something better than that. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the Commander of our peace. It's critical because when we don't have peace, it's really difficult to believe God, isn't it? When we don't have peace, it's difficult to be confident in God. When we don't have peace, it's difficult to stop long enough to consider that God loves us. We can lose sight of all the things that God has done for us and forget the things God has done for us when we get wrapped up in things. How important is peace? But not just any peace. The peace that God gives, which is a very different thing. We 
are a busy world and a busy society. And it's good for us sometimes. As we pray, we pour out our hearts to God and we, we are instructed in God's Word to pour out our hearts to Him and to declare the things that we need from Him. And as we seek the Lord, oftentimes we are crying out to Him. And there are other times that we need to be silent before Him. We need to take the time, make time, and allow Him to speak to us. It's a good habit to develop. Truly meditating on the Lord. Turning off your phone and kneeling down wherever you are by your bed or, or wherever you are uh, by, by a piece of furniture in your living room, whatever it is, but settling your own mind before the Lord. And if you, if you have to, have a way to write things down as they occur to you because they will. There will be a thousand things you suddenly have to get done that you forgot about. But when you start to do that, if you determine you want to hear from God, that's a good way to start. You begin to clear out all the other things, all the other thoughts. And if you don't know what to think about, you begin to think about the day the Lord saved you. And then you begin to think about the day He sanctified you. And you begin to think about what He's done for you. And then you begin to think about your favorite verses. And you see what begins to develop. And anything that comes into your mind, you plead the blood and you get rid of it. That's a great habit to develop. Meditating on God. And you'll be surprised God will speak to you. He will begin to reveal things to you. That's an important part of walking with the Lord. But even more so, in Philippians 4, we're going to read these verses. 6, be careful for nothing. It doesn't mean careless. It doesn't mean don't be careful. It means don't be full of care, right? It doesn't mean it means to not be full of anxiety, full of consternation. Don't be full of anxious care. That's what he's saying here. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. We are instructed to tell the Lord all about it. We're instructed here everything that would trouble our minds, that would bother us, that would hinder our faith, that would be confusing to us. We are instructed to tell God all about it. He wants to hear all about it. He wants to know. We might have the idea sometimes that God doesn't want to be bothered. That's nonsense. That's not the nature of Christ. That's not the love of God. He bids us. Lay your yoke down. Lay your burden down. Come and tell me about it. And so the things that trouble us, we like to say, well, that's a silly thing. No such thing. If it bothers you, it's not a silly thing. It needs to be addressed. So we can tell God about it. We have license to do so. Lay it down before the Lord. Tell Him all about it. And then you're going to leave it with Him. We're going to abandon ourselves as we do this. And then what happens? The peace of God, which passes all understanding, doesn't mean we can't understand it, it's a peace of God that no amount of understanding can bring. No amount of, you can't think your way into the peace of God. God has to give it. This is the peace of God. This isn't just peace of circumstances. We can find peace sometimes by going up into the woods. Or when something that's bothering us suddenly stops. And we enjoy that peace for a while. But the peace of God is different than that. The peace of God holds us when those things don't stop. That's what he says. The peace of God that passes understanding. You didn't create this yourself. God did that for you. It's a fruit of the Spirit, isn't it? It's produced by the Spirit of God. The peace of God is supernatural. The peace that we develop is fragile because it's based on circumstances. We have peace as long as the circumstances don't change. We have peace as long as we don't get surprised. And yet, the peace of God 
stands in the middle of all those things and keeps us steady. The peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That, keep, that word keep is a military term. He will guard you. He will hold you steady. The peace of God is something uh, special, something uh, supernatural from God Himself that He gives us through His Holy Spirit. And we don't hold it. It holds us. We don't hold the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit holds us. When we truly surrender to God, when we truly yield to God, we will find the love of God working in our hearts. We will find what God develops in our hearts. We find that what God gives us in our souls will hold us steady. It will keep us. That doesn't mean that we don't have anything to do. When we've cast all of our, cast our care on the Lord, First Peter tells us to do, because He cares for us, He invites us to do that. He asks us to do that. Isaiah 26.3 tells us that will keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because He trusteth in thee. If we're going to stay in a place, we have to get there first. We're talking about abiding. So we, we've surrendered everything to the Lord. And there are things that, that could trouble our minds that are, uh, that are worthwhile. Some things that trouble our minds we should have no business with. That's for sure. But there are things that might bother us that are, that are real concerns. We, there are uh, people perhaps in our family that need to be saved. Worries about our kids or health or different things that, that come to us and we don't have any answers necessarily. We're not really sure what to do with that, but we can leave those with God. We can surrender those with God. And along with that, we're going to surrender how we think God's going to do it. We're going to surrender what, uh, surrender our own ideas about it. We have to let go of that. We can't fully enter into God's peace while harboring anything in our hearts either. We can't have God's peace and be resentful. Can we? All of that has to go, so there's some yielding involved. We have to lay everything down when we come to the Lord, but we can tell the Lord about these things. That's what's wonderful about it. This is how we enter into that peace. All of the concerns that we might have, the things that trouble us in life, the Lord invites us to lay them down at His feet. And the Lord will give us His peace. The peace of God that passes all understanding. That will keep our hearts and minds. It will, it will guard us. And then we have to stay there. We have to stay yielded. We have to stay trusting in Him. When we know, when we've given, when we've surrendered something to the Lord, and we know that we've surrendered it to God and we feel good about it. We feel like we've let it go and we feel like we're trusting God. The next day, we're going to find that we better stay there. We're going to keep our hands off of it and we're just going to keep trusting God to stay in His perfect peace. We're going to leave it with the Lord and we're going to tell the Lord, I'm going to leave it with you. Sometimes we have to say it out loud. I trust you with it. I'm going to commit this to you. A great burden on my heart, perhaps, but I trust you. I know you can handle this, and God's peace will stay with you, and He will keep you. In Second Chronicles chapter 20, King Jehoshaphat of Judah was a, a king that had done the right thing, and he had God's blessing on his life. And he was trusting the Lord, and he had started a reform. And he even took away the high places, which most kings didn't do. He made it easy to follow God, is what Jehoshaphat did. He made it really easy to be successful in following God. He made it so uh, 
so obvious and put it in front of everybody and eliminated all the things that would cause compromise. That's what Jehoshaphat did. But in chapter 20, we find that the, the Moabites and the Ammonites were coming against him and word came to him that this was going to happen and he had no recourse. He had no answer for it. And it tells us in verse 3 of chapter 20, when it was told to him that he feared, that make him weak? Just two, two chapters earlier, we, we read that the Lord had given him victory over the king of Syria and his captains. When he cried out to the Lord and the Lord gave him a victory, the Lord helped him there, it tells us, in chapter 18. But now we've got something he didn't see coming. Now we've got something coming against him that he did not expect, but he knew if they were not stopped, what would happen to every man, woman, and child in his, in his kingdom, in Judah. There was nothing that he could do. And he was afraid. But it tells us that he set himself to seek the Lord and he proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. And they did. They gathered and they began to pray and they cried out. And we can read some of his prayer in this chapter. And then we read um, in verse 14 in Jehaziel that the Lord anointed this man and he gave the answer from God. And he told him, be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. They knew that God was God. They knew the God they had been trusting and had all power. They knew that. But they didn't possess that knowledge. Not in this circumstance. The, the circumstances of yesterday that God have, had given them uh, was, was a real victory and something that they could rejoice in. But now this was something different, something they didn't see coming, something they didn't expect. And they knew that God had all power, but they needed to hear from God on this. And they were trusting God. What do we do? We have no power. But here they have the answer. They knew that God was going to work for them. It became their own possession and it was... It was such a reality to them that they rejoiced. They fell on their face and they worshiped God there. They were told to get up early in the morning. And they did in verse 20. They got up early in the morning and went forth. And Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. And when he consulted the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Jehoshaphat is telling them, stay right where you were last night. God met us last night. God told us he was going to work for us last night. But now we're going to go out and do what God said, but keep believing. That's what he's telling them. He's saying, believe the Lord, believe the prophets. And you'll be established. Hang on to that. God met us and we rejoiced in that. Don't move away from that. Keep believing. And then he consults with the people. Now the people are encouraged. What do they want to do? They, they appoint a choir to praise the Lord for what He's going to do. You know what's gone here? Fear is gone. Jehoshaphat's fear is gone. He was afraid when he heard the news. And he said... Uh, 
the people to pray and to fast, to seek the Lord, to find out what to do. And God met them. God told them He was going to be with them. Even though they have to go out and they have to, to face the army. Wouldn't it have been easier if the army just disappeared? It would have been a whole lot easier for my peace if the army could just turn around and go the other way. But that's not what was happening here. And God said, you can trust me if you will just believe and you can step out. What's happening here? The fear is gone. But Jehoshaphat is held steady. He's confident. He's going out with a choir to meet an army of swords. The peace of God is holding him. The peace of God will hold you. Your circumstances might not change, but you have the God of all creation with you and He has a peace for you, the peace of God that cannot be moved. It cannot be shaken. There's no weakness in it. There's no flaw in it. It's complete. It's perfect. It will hold you. And it held them. I just love this. This is one of my favorite accounts in God's Word. These people that that were doing all they knew to do to serve the Lord, doing everything they knew to do things right, and something comes against them they did not see that was too great for them. It was too strong for them. There was no answer. And they cried out to God, and God answered them. But now they have to hold on to that. Hold on to that victory that the Lord gave you, and He'll work for you. And of course they went out. Of course they appointed the singers. And as they began to sing, what happened? The Lord turned them against themselves. The armies were gone. They defeated themselves. What a, what a wonderful victory. But the greatest victory to me here is not the spoil that they carried back for three days. It wasn't the wealth and the riches. It was the fact that the peace of God held them steady to see the victory through. They had God's promise the night before. God told them what He was going to do. But they had to believe it. And they had to stay there until God did it. If they just keep believing, if they just keep hanging on to what God gave them, if they just stay in that place, the peace of God would hold them steady all the way through to victory. Isn't that wonderful? The peace of God that passes all understanding will keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. If we stay there, we will stay in that perfect peace if our heart and mind is stayed on the Lord. If we get into that place and we've yielded to the Lord, however, God, you want to work, however you want to manage this situation, it's close to my heart. It's hard for me to deal with, but I trust you with it. I'll take my hands off of it. God will work for you. If you stay there and you stay in that same condition that brought you the peace in the first place, it will hold you. The peace of God that passes understanding will keep our hearts and our minds Circumstances might not change. doesn't make any difference. Instead, we go through those same circumstances without the fear, without the anxiety, and with a song in our heart. We can go into that place that we thought there's no way I'm going to go in there again. There's no way I can go back to that. But the peace of God will hold you and make you victorious as you go out to that place again. It could be a place of work, a place of business. It could be school. It could be anything that we don't want to deal with, that we don't want to face. That, that causes us dread, that causes us angst, whatever it is. God knows all about that, but He bids us to tell Him about it. Lay it all down at His feet and let Him give you the peace of God. Not just peace. We might begin praying, Lord, make them go away. Make that person move. We tend to pray that way. Change my circumstances, but when we really let it go, Lord, You handle it. I'll do it your way. The peace of God will come down and it'll be a garrison for you. It'll be a high tower for you. And you'll go out. Circumstances changed or not doesn't make any difference. There's a song in your heart and you're held steady. Just like Jehoshaphat. Stay there. 
keep believing. Let's do what God said. Now let's see what He does. I'm just going to keep believing this. You know, the beauty of this is it gives God all kinds of elbow room to work as well. It lets Him, it gives Him room to speak to those loved ones that need to be saved that are on our hearts so heavy. But we, when we can let Him have those things and we pray for them, but sometimes we get worried about things we can't do anything about. We want to fix things. We want to make it better, but we can't do that. So we have to lay it down because otherwise it'll destroy us, right? So we, we lay it down and we put it at, at Jesus' feet. You know all about this soul. You know all about this one that needs you. I can't do anything about it. But we can leave it with God and God's peace will hold us steady and it gives God room, all kinds of, all kinds of room to work when we get our hands off of it. Aren't you thankful for the peace of God that passes all understanding? The fruit of the Spirit, what God produces in our life, holds us. The love of God holds us steady. We don't hold it. We don't hold the love of God. God gives that to us. He produces that in our life. The joy that He gives us. We don't hold that. It holds us. It will hold us when we truly yield. The riches of Christ belong to us. The peace of God belongs to us. And it will hold us steady tonight. All He bids us do is tell Him about it. Open our heart. Lay it at His feet. The peace of God is ours tonight. Let's stand and sing number 201.